Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blastburn Radio. I am your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me, as always, are our sleepy, sleepy boys, our phenomenal co-hosts, Messer Engine and Rohane. Thanks for joining me today, guys. How's it going? Really good, actually. Um, other than you're not lying when you say sleepy, though. Let's let's be real. That could actually be the the title of this episode. We're all exhausted. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Like we'll, we'll go into this later, guys. But yeah, we've we've condensed what is normally a solid seven days of work in a, in a weekly cycle of streaming and podcasting into about five, and that on top of life has been absolutely soul crushing. That's being a little. I mean, I'm not the one to. Well, that's not really true. I do, I sometimes do complain, but it's it's been an adventure. Uh, T, how are you doing? I'm like, what's I'm really good, you? actually. I, I'm pumped because I'm headed to Orno tomorrow for a convention uh, where I'll be on a game design panel. We'll be doing demos for Steam Powered Sentinels and Monster Mall. So it's really exciting. Uh, a little nerve wracking anytime I, I go to one of these things, but uh, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the driving, maybe not so much. It's about a two hour drive up to Orno from where I live. So, um, It'll be uh, sleep tonight, wake up tomorrow, go on a journey. But that's that's what life's about, right? It's an adventure. <laughs> All right, then. Not like it's it's been a really solid week. I am I am exhausted physically, emotionally, and spiritually, both from our, our week of gameplay, which we'll definitely get into later, and just from this being my first full week of work at my new job, which which I love. They pay me well. They treat me well. They appreciate me, but. No, no hyperbole whatsoever. This is physically the hardest I have ever worked in my entire life. And my 30 year old soft boy body does not appreciate it. It's okay. I work. I feel like after about six months, he'll be like, okay, I'm good. I'm I'm all ripped now. And, you know, you can be daddy jungle jump for your kiddos. I am certainly not skipping leg day. That is for certain. <laughs> Oh, all right, guys. So jumping right into it, because we got to go sleepy at some point. Um, let's go ahead and get through our show this week. And we do want to start this week with our Pokemon news. Do, 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 do. This is the Poke News. No, Poke News. No, you do not <laughs> do that. That is mine. God damn I'm it. Trying, I'm trying to help you out, dude. You are exhausted and I hear it in your voice. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. That's fine. I just had to do it. <laughs> it. It was worth. This was not scripted, folks. We did not. I did not tell him that I was going to do that. I, I'm entirely too tired to think of gags. Okay. <laughs> um. So we we do have Poke News this week, and the first thing we want to start out with is another. Friendly reminder, another shout out to the fact that as we've discussed on previous episodes, the 20th anniversary event for the Ash Cap Pikachu and Pokemon Sun and Moon is currently live. You can redeem it right now, like right, right now, uh, using the event code Pikachu20, which will currently net you the Sinnoh region variant of this limited edition Pikachu. Uh, Sinnoh regional as in it's wearing the cap that Ash wore during the Diamond Pearl series of the anime. Uh, If you'd like this particular Ash Cat Pikachu, you need to act fast because it's only available through this coming Monday, October the 9th. As of the 10th, this same code may be redeemed for the Unova region variant, which is the hat that Ash wore during the black and white seasons of the anime. 
So yeah, same event. We've talked about it for weeks. Nothing new. Just if you want this cap, get it now. If not, wait. yeah, we're all still waiting for that Kalos cap. <laughs> we don't have that much longer to wait. Actually, just a, a little over a week, and it'll be Kalos time, and we'll get our Pikachu's. That'll be cool. Uh, now, also on the subject of Sun and Moon giveaways, there's a really, really awesome one that I've personally been looking forward to for quite a while, and it starts this week, uh, starting on the ninth, which is Monday. Uh, trainers living in North America can stop by their local GameStop stores to pick up a free code to redeem the very newest mythic Pokemon, Marshadow. Uh, now, Marshadow is a very unique Pokemon. Uh, it has the never-before-seen ghost-fighting dual-typing. It has a signature move. I, I don't even remember the name of his signature move. Again, I'm very tired, folks. But it steals stat-ups. So, like, if somebody uses Swords Dance and then you use the signature move, you steal the, the, the two stages of attack they just got. And it hits through substitute. Like, this thing's a fucking monster. Uh, and it Dude. has an exclusive Z move, and it comes with the Marshadium Z to use it. Uh, now, this giveaway is only active through the 23rd of October, and we don't know when we'll get another shot to pick up Marshadow. So act fast and lock yours up while it's available. Yeah, you know, I, I'll i actually be able to go next weekend because I won't have a convention. That's exciting. I'm not gonna lie, ghost fighting sounds strong as fuck. It's it's pretty dope. It's a great typing. The, the typing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is actually ghost normal, because it's immune to, like, all the fucking types, which is amazing. But yeah, it'd be a weak... T- it'd be immune to two of its traditional weaknesses, because normal is weak to fighting, which ghost is immune to. And Ghost is weak to Ghost, which Normal is immune to. So, Ghost Normal, dope as shit, but we're probably never going to see it. Uh, um, so yeah, that's that's giveaway news this week. Of course, the event Charizard's still going on through Target. If you want it, go fucking get it. It's nothing special. I'm not wasting time. Um, now, the, the last big piece of Poke news for this week, and I'm starting to feel like a broken record because it feels like I say these words every week, but once again, there was a new release a new trailer for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon this week. And, and guys, this was Ta-da! easily the biggest and coolest announcement yet. Uh, they released very, very different trailers in both English and Japanese. Both are really worth a watch. They're very distinct and different, and they're both super cool for different reasons. Um, now, as every time we go over this subject, I definitely have my own thoughts and feelings, uh, which are very strong and opinionated, but I'll allow my co-hosts to react first. Uh, so, guys, what did you think of these new Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon trailers? Um, I was... <laughs> All right, so complete total disclosure. The the first couple of uh, trailers that we've seen were they're like features and clothes and photos and islands and surfing and surfing i'm like yeah that's neat and it's cool and it's exciting looks looks fun this like the japanese trailer in in specific i was like holy fuck like i want to play this game it seems so cool and the japanese trailer in particular was wicked epic like they cut it like a movie trailer and you were like shit's going down everything is so good and real oh there's big battles and people looking at otherworldly shit. I was like, it's crazy. Go watch it right now. Like, or after this. Sometime soon. Uh, the, the US trailer, not quite as epic. It was kind of neat. Uh, definitely 
got, showed that we're gonna go explore the ultra dimensional space, which is really, really cool. Uh, there's a city there, evidently. And it, it's really interesting that the, the evil team seems like it's, at least I got this impression from that trailer, that it's like the ultra scouts or whatever they are, which seem like they're dudes who go to other worlds for, to get that world devoured. I don't know how else to say that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're both definitely worth uh, a watch. Uh, it's really interesting too how the more that we see, the more this game feels like a sequel and not a standalone by itself or a remake. Uh, I'll, I'll, we can discuss that more later because I'm sure Jolly has some thoughts on that. And uh, Ronan probably does too. Though you haven't finished Moon yet, have you? Of course, of course not. not. That's, that's the, what was I saying? the other recurring meme going on. There's like I am. I'm just a walking meme bank. Like just every week, just step into the meme bank and pull a meme out. Okay, um, fair enough. No, I do have thoughts on it. I do have thoughts on it. Okay, well, thought away because I'm done. I'm not done being hyped, but I'm I'm done being hyped on the mic. Okay. Okay. So my thoughts on um, the trailers. In this set, they're very much mirrored to yours. The Japanese one is way more cinematic. It's way more dramatic. It 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 really does like play like a fucking Michael Bay movie trailer, like complete with a blah. Um, and it even though I don't fully understand, I I saw you know like flashing lights and massive Pokemon and I figured that something is going on plot wise, but is you do get into it and it is something that I'm definitely interested in picking up the U S cinematic. I feel like it was like someone may have like missed the memo and was still going along with the first couple of trailers formula and being like, Oh yeah, it'd be, be like, like informational and, and present features and stuff. So, you know, you see the city and you see, see the, the enemy, the evil villain, so to speak. Um, I do agree though, that this feels more like a standalone game and not so much like, you know what it reminds me? Of? It reminds me of basically what everyone was saying about Pokemon Emerald, how it basically that was the definitive version for Gen 3. That's that's the feeling that I'm getting out of Ultra Sun and Moon. Okay, neat. Um, so yeah, I, again, I, I definitely have thoughts. They're, they're going to be less organized than normal, this guy's. I didn't have the prep time to pour into this week that I normally do, and so I apologize for that. Um, but first of all, I just want to say, holy fucking shit, climbing on the back of Lunala and zipping through space like the kid on fucking Falcor in the never-ending story, just going, yeah, I'm so fucking hyped for that. Like, I will, that will be all I do. <laughs> Like, that's going to be the whole game for me. Just go just back and forth. riding on this big fucking moon bat going, yeah! <laughs> um, yeah, two really good trailers. Very good for different reasons. The Japanese version, as you guys have, have said so repeatedly, was very, very cinematic. Uh, did a very good job of presenting, I guess, the, the story elements and, and getting you excited for those. Um, the, the English trailer was much more informational and, and in a way that was a good thing. We, we got more information, even 
accounting for the language barrier, there was still more information presented in the English trailer than there was in the Japanese. So they both got a place, although I do wish we'd gotten an English translation of the Japanese trailer because it's hype. Um, but yeah, a couple of things that, that stood out as really, really interesting to me. Um, I don't know that I agree with your assessment of the Ultra Recon team or whatever their name was, Mess. Like, I definitely think they're going to be the evil team standing in this game. Like, that just seems to be the vibe that we're getting from them. But I'm not so sure that they're evil. I think that it's going to be more of a case where we're just very much misunderstanding each other. Um, because if you read the information in the, the English trailer, they specifically talk about how the, the big city in Ultra Space had all of its light devoured by Necrozma. And so, like, it lives in darkness because there's no more light there. And I feel like those guys are either looking for a new world that hasn't been all fucked up for themselves and their people, or they're trying to hunt Necrozma the fuck down. But either way, I don't think that their goals and the, your goals as the player are necessarily incompatible, but I do feel like there's going to be friction, at least at first. Um I do definitely agree that this feels much more like a sequel pairing than it does like a traditional third version based on the information we've seen for a lot of big and little reasons. Again, there's what we talked about with Lily the last time we got a new trailer. There's the fact that we haven't seen a single hide nor hair of Team Skull. We saw a brief flash of your boy Guzma in the Japanese trailer. That's it. Just one single solitary Guzma moment. And that's not nearly enough Guzma to sustain me, but that's what we got, folks. So just we're just going to have Guzma. to make do. Um... But no, overall, this the whole thing looks rad as shit. I've always, you know, since the first time I played Sun and Moon, I was very curious about where the Ultra Beasts come from because clearly they don't all come from that same space that we get a brief, brief glimpse of when we're exploring uh, Ultra Space. Like, you know, the, the weird crystal cave uh, with the... Um, sorry, the, the weird crystal cave with all of the um, jellyfish things, Nihiligos. Um, you know, we, we don't... I can't imagine the other Ultra Beasts coming from that same space, and they clearly don't. They show that they have unique biomes in Ultra Space, and that we're going to get to see them all in their, their unique habitats, which is dope as shit. I am super hyped for that. Um, beyond that... We got typings for the two new Ultra Beasts that have been previously announced. So UB Burst is going to be Ghost Fire and has a unique move that appears to do heavy recoil but a ton of damage. So that's neat. Um, UB Assembly is going to be Rock Steel, which is super fucking disappointing. Like, that's that's a horrible typing. It's just going to be better Bastiodon. And that's, <laughs> that's not a title that anybody really <laughs> aspires to. <laughs> but... Yeah, maybe maybe it'll break the mold, but I just I don't think that any type that's four times weak to both fighting and ground is gonna do particularly well, personally, I guess. And we were also introduced to a third new Ultra Beast. I, I believe it was UB Adhesion. Please forgive me if I'm wrong. Again, very sleepy. Um but like little like cell meets mew kind of looking dude. And, and he Yeah he was neat. Poison, poison, poison. Yeah, pure poison. 
I have a feeling that he's going to evolve. I could be wrong. Like, there are single-stage little chibi Pokemon that are still really good, and maybe he will. But I just, he, to me, that thing feels like a first form of an evolution chain, um, of either a two-stage or a three-stage evolution line. So we'll see. Um, nothing is written in stone at this point. But yeah, another new Pokemon. That's dope. That one shows up in both versions, too, unlike the other two, which are exclusive to one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't at all be surprised if that one's in both versions of the game. I'm really curious as to see which one is going to be in, in Moon and which one's going to be in Sun as far as... They actually announced Oh, that. did they? Um, UB Burst is in Sun and Assembly is in... Oh, God damn it! because I want to ride Lunala, but I want Burst so bad. Now I have to choose... We're going to make you uh, announce your choice on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so distraught. I... I uh... God damn it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure something out. But no, all in all, this was definitely the biggest release of new information, and it's the one that I'm the most hype about. Now, it's not all good, however. One thing that I will point out that a lot of the community is kind of upset over is, you know, the the biggest complaints with Sun and Moon as games are that they're very hand-holdy. They're very much on-rails experiences, particularly compared with the rest of the Pokemon franchise. And and that they're just so cinematic heavy that they, they don't hardly let you play your own game. You're just taking... Kind of like a Final Fantasy thirteen experience where you take five steps and watch another cutscene. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's Oof. quite that bad in Pokemon Sun and Moon, but I definitely understand the complaint. And so people are saying that we've seen nothing of Ultra Sun and Moon that leads us to believe that they're not going to be the same or a similar experience. We're seeing... Things that that indicate lots of cinematics, lots of breaks in the action, lots of exposition. Um, but with that, I will say that playing through Sun and Moon the first time is one of the best experiences I've ever had with a Pokemon game. And if Ultra Sun and Moon can match or top that, I'm I'm sold. I'm hype. Yeah, that's yeah, that I... first time. Sorry, Ron, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, go, no, go ahead. Uh, that that first time through is, is really where the magic is for me. I mean, replayability is a, a big deal when you're doing Nuzlocke's, but um, you know, for RPGs, at least personally, that that first experience is always the special one that determines whether or not it's a game I remember very fondly or one that I just. Yeah, kind and of I was forget. going in the same vein with RPGs. I feel like. Playing through Pokemon Sun, well, I apologize, playing through Pokemon Moon, um, it plays a lot like a classic RPG where you go through a little bit of the game and then, you know, you have the cinematic and the story. Um, in some ways, a little bit along the lines of, say, for example, Final Fantasy VIII, but, you know, it's Pokemon and it's not a Final Fantasy story, but. You know, that kind of same structure. Yeah, it's definitely more in line with a more traditional JRPG, which for some people is just what the Doctor ordered, and for some people is an unwelcome break from the type of freedom that Pokemon normally allows. But, you know, again, it's it's a large fandom, it's a large community, and they're not going to please everybody with every decision. I just hope that the games are really fun. And personally, my big hope is that they offer a lot more in the way of repeatable in-game content than Sun and Moon did, because if you're going to penalize the fuck out of me for restarting my game, at least give me something to do when I fucking beat it, Game Freak. Please, please, 
Okay, so yeah, that was our Poke News for the week, guys. Um, now let's go ahead and move on into our content, into our week of Nuzlocke gameplay. Um, so this was, of course, week six of the Blastburn Radio Generation 1 portion of our Nuzlocke World Tour Challenge. Uh, it was a big week. Uh, we It was packed with uh, two gyms and gym leaders, and it was made even bigger by the, the time crunch that we were under. Again, uh, as we talked about, because Mess has his convention this weekend, instead of recording on our normal Saturday night, we had to record on Friday, and that meant that we had to compress our streaming to make sure that we had enough time to get everything in, and it was kind of rough. Uh, our normal schedule went right out the window this week, but as normal, it was Mess who streamed first, though this time he was streaming on Sunday. Uh, so Mess Buddy, how did your Week 6 gameplay go? Uh, it went really well, actually. I streamed on Sunday this week instead of Monday so that we could free up, uh, some of the days for everybody to get their gameplay in and still have some time to do some grinding. Uh, a big thank you to everybody who came out, uh, to, uh, hang out and while, while I was streaming. Uh, it was Sunday, so there was more time and more people to show up and that was very much appreciated. There were a lot of new viewers, uh, some new followers. Uh, and we even got a stop in from Tom, who is a fan who we'll be discussing a little bit later, who uh, wrote into us. So thank you, Tom. I know you're in England. I know it was late. Thank you for coming and hanging out with me. Um, the go Tom. The week was soul crushing. The stream on Sunday was like six and a half hours. I started at what um, five, five, six o'clock, six o'clock. And I went to like almost 1 a.m. Um, but we got everything done, but some grinding, uh, in that one big period. So this week, this week on Pokemon Blue, there were tons of encounters, tons and tons of encounters. And most of them are just going to hang out in the box barring disaster. So here's the long short of it. I got a fishing rod and I ran all over the world fishing and discussed the finer points of why I don't understand fishing in real life. Uh, we caught uh, a slow poke and we caught a goldeen. Uh, we caught a tentacle. Like, we caught everything but what we really wanted to catch, uh, which was the star you. Uh, we did not get one of those. Uh, and, and we also uh, murdered uh, a polywag because Bishop only knows how to kill. That's all that cat knows how to do. Um, so all of that was very sad. Uh, and you well, know, not all the new additions were very sad. They're, they're very adorable and they sit in their little box and that's fantastic. The death of polywag was sad because even though I was never going to use it, it, uh, it deserved that place in its box next to its fish, fish brothers. So, we decided this week that we had to change up our team a little because we got stomped, uh, last, or I got stomped last week. Uh, so one of the things that I needed to figure out, and I wanted to figure it out before we started, you know, knocking down gyms and facing trainers and everything else, was who was going to go in the team to replace Bishop and, um, Brennan. So why, why sit Bishop? Uh, Bishop is really fast and really deadly, but Hypnotic is a solid counter to Bishop. Like, as long as that ghost 
is alive, Bishop can't do anything because it's just going to prompt a sub in and then I'm going to have to sub out into Psychic or Mega Drain. And that's not anything that I'm interested in. So we had to find a replacement for Bishop. I know everyone's sad that the cat has to sit, but I did level her to the level limit in case Hypnotic dies terribly next week. Um, but we decided that we needed something that brought uh, a psychic move to the table uh, and utilized our Mega Drain TM because it was just sitting in our computer. So we had a couple options. Uh, we could have gone and leveled our Ghastly, just like uh, Jolly did. Um, we could have hoped for that star you that we didn't get to use the psychic TM on. We could have taught psychic to Lapras, uh, which we, we did get this week when we were doing the Sylph Co stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, I decided that despite the fact that I threw nothing but shade on the, on the poor little fella, uh, we were going to bring Collins into the team. You know what? He was my damn Safari Zone encounter and we we're going to fucking use, <laughs> use her. Uh, nobody else got to use their Safari Zone encounter, so, uh, she was going on the team. And, so we taught her Psychic, and we taught her Mega Drain, and we went about training her. Uh, and, frankly, she, she really held her own. She did surprisingly well. She also has access to Sleep Powder and Stun Spores. She's a decent status spreader. More of a support mon, but still one that can get a lot of work done for us. She took down the whole fighting gym with no problem. She was like, whatever. You punch things. I don't care. Um, so Collins has joined the team. Uh, the replacement for Brennan, um, who we, we loved, but just did not have a, a versatile move set, uh, because of TM limitations, uh, was sitting and we replaced her with a shelter. Uh, or a cloister now because cloister can learn stab blizzard, uh, and self destruct or explode, uh, as well as hyper beam and nose clamp, which is really a better version of wrap since, uh, clamp is a water move and stab water move and not, uh, normal type, which hypnotic would be immune to. So knowing what our team was, we set out to defeat Koga, who was a joke. We, we kicked him over and we're like, ha, you're a ninja. No way. Uh, got toxic, which is a TM that will just sit in my computer forever. Uh, and we proceeded on to Silvco, which we have to do before we fight Sabrina. So Silvco is enormous. I totally forgot how big that building is. It's like 11 floors and there's like 30 something trainers in there. So I was determined when I went in that I was going to go floor by floor and just clear out all the trainers that I could get to before I started using teleporter pads. Uh, and about six floors in, I was like, when does this place end? Like, all my Pokemon are really hurt, and I should go back and heal, but I don't know what floor I'm on. I haven't really been counting. But I had to. Everyone was low, and I was just wasting healing items, so I left, healed up, came back, went to the top floor, and started coming down until things looked familiar. And then we started hip-hopping all over the place with the teleporters. Again, I don't know what it is with, you know, organizations and odd, strange uh, mechanical contraptions that spin you or teleport you around. It just seems like a really bad idea. Uh, we faced the four Rocket Brothers uh, who are nothing more than Rocket Grunts, so it's really funny that they, like, 
specifically call themselves out when you fight them. Uh, we had a rival battle in Selfco right before we go to face Giovanni. Um, we, we rival stomped him in hilarious fashion. It, he just was like, Hey, I'm a pro. And I was like, yeah, get out of here. Um, Giovanni also not a big deal. Austin still a superstar, still surfing, still ice beaming, totally wrecked him and sad and dejected. He left. And the Silco president was like, yeah, have this master ball. And I was like, great. I almost have nothing left to catch. I'll remember that I have this for some reason when I need to catch my Victory Road uh, Pokemon encounter. I will use it for my last encounter in the game. I will use that damn master ball. Well, the good news is, is if your Victory Road encounter is a Graveler, it can keep it from blowing the fuck up in your face, so there's that. Yes, that that is true. Poor Jolly uh, lost, what was it, a 53 for Alligator to a 30 Graveler with with ex- Explode or Self-Destruct? Some, something like that, yeah. I was I was doing a, a Nuzlocke of Silver, and I was training my for Alligator in Victory Road significantly higher than anything, and took a crit explosion from a Graveler. And, and yeah, 20 levels lower than me didn't mean shit. So, this week was especially scary. I lost Nyx last week, and I was super paranoid as a result. And this was the week where there are tons of Voltorbs and Electrodes everywhere and every time one would show up i would visibly cringe on stream and people were like you've got voltor ptsd um we'll talk a little more about the the dangers of the power plant in in a few minutes uh but we went ahead after we cleared up silk and we went to sabrina's gym and we were really concerned about losing people but we managed to get through there unscathed down sabrina and be like phew Nobody died, thank goodness. But that wasn't the end of our stream, because we wanted to make sure we picked up Earthquake, which we did in Silphco, pick up Blizzard, which is in the Cinnabar Mansion, uh, and pick up Thunder for Valente, because that shit is dope. Um, so we went ahead, we went to Cinnabar Mansion, we ran around, got attacked by Weezings and Ponytas and everything else, but managed to pick up Blizzard. We did some leveling there, too. Um, for our shelter um, a little later in the week. I was super tired while I was doing it, but it was a good place for for him to get experience. Uh, we also went to the power plant to pick up Thunder, and I totally forgot that there are items. There are Voltorbs disguised as items, and they're all level 40, and they all know self-destruct, and they almost always self-destruct the very first move that you pick them up. And about that time in the night, it was like 12, 20, 12, 30. The only Pokemon I had left who wasn't at level limit, realistically, was Bishop. And Bishop is frail. <laughs> so, uh, it was very, very scary. We managed to get through the whole thing without her dying. Thank God. Um, we thought about taking on Zapdos while we were there. And I probably could have done it with Kowal. But I decided to wait till this this coming week. Um, I think my, my favorite part of this week's gameplay was the fact that despite streaming for six and a half hours on Sunday, I needed to do some leveling on Monday, Tuesday night. So I was recording off stream because my co-hosts were streaming that evening and the videos are uploaded for everybody to see on my Twitch page. If you want to check it out, there's a lot of me being super tired and being like, don't hit self-destruct by accident while you're leveling 
your cloister because that would be really bad. Um, but during the stream, the, the recording while Alex Rohane was streaming, I was keeping an eye on his Sabrina match and I, I'm going to have to talk about this after <laughs> Rohane's bit. <laughs> Because I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. So, Ryan, when you're done, I, I gotta talk to you about this. But uh, that was our week. We had a really successful week. We got a ton, ton of points this week. Evil, evil team leader, two gems, rival battle, and we didn't lose anybody. So it was gold for me, if not extremely exhausting. Um, but I'll let you guys, I, that was a very long segment, and I'm very sorry, but Rohan, you go talk so I can go talk about my favorite part of the stream after. No, because we're, we're doing this in order, and it was actually... Oh, that's right, I'm going to wait all the way to the Jolly end. Jolly is up next, so tell us about your week, Jolly. Do I have to? Yeah, you do. Yes. You do. yes I told you, you I wasn't going to like rub it in too much, and I will hold myself to that. You but you better because I got plenty of shit over you, motherfucker. All I right, mean, guys. Yeah, an entire what five weeks of shit <laughs> prior to this. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I was definitely channeling my inner Rohane this week. Um, again, bear in mind that I was very tired for everything, and I made some sleepy doofy mistakes. So yeah, let's just let's just rip the band aid. Um, so I streamed Monday this week since since Mess was streaming on Sunday to free up that time. I went ahead and adjusted my week to get my stream out of the way early in the week as well. Again, because we knew, you know, this week and the week prior are the two biggest chunks of gameplay in these games. We knew that coming in, and we just wanted to make sure that we had enough time to get it done in, in the short week we had available to us. So we streamed Monday, and again, huge, huge thank you to everybody in the Blastburn Nation who came out and was just hanging out and having a great time in my Twitch. I, I really can't express to you guys how much it means and, and how awesome that it makes me feel to know that you guys support me and that you support the show and that you love what we're doing here. Like it's, it's so wonderful. Um, but yeah, so quick team recap. Um, we came into this week, uh, of course, with our team of six from last week that was dominant in last week's PVP showdown. That team being hypnotic, our uh, Imoretto, our Vileplume, uh, Fireball, our Charizard, Kraken, our Gyarados, uh, Sorak, our Top Shelf Clefable, and our good boy, Forloco, our Machamp. Now, again, that team put in work for us last week. Like, no complaints. We not only won both of our matches, but we, I, I mean, I, not to, to be a jerk and rub it in, but I think it's fair to say, guys, that we, we pretty thoroughly dominated last week's showdown. Um, and, and we had plans coming into this week to, to keep that rolling. Um, specifically, our intention was after last week to bench both Kraken and Amaretto. Just because we were reaching the point in levels where we had better options in our bank and, and their their usefulness was starting to wear thin. Now, after last week's showdown, however, I rethought those plans. Not for, for Kraken. Kraken is officially retired. And retired with honors. He was a good, good boy for us. He put in good work for, for half of our challenge. And, and he deserves his rest and, and to retire to the PC with with all honors. 
Um, but we just had way better water type options to roll with, and we did. We pulled out Glenn Livet, our, our baby boy Slowpoke, and... Yeah, that is one decision that I don't think I'll be regretting at all for the remainder of this series. Um, however, I, I really had second thoughts about the second team move that we had planned, which was to bench Amaretto, our vile plume, in favor of our star Ubicardi. And that's not because Starmie is a terrible Pokemon by any stretch of the imagination. Starmie is one of the best Pokemon in Generation 1, frankly, overall. But... The thing with Amaretto is last week Amaretto put in work for us as a defensive pivot. Whenever we anticipated a water or a grass or what the fuck else does grass resist? Grass resists other things. Um, yeah, <laughs> any of those types of moves, electric, a water, a grass or an electric move, we could just safely switch into Amaretto. Amaretto wouldn't take very much damage because it's deceptively tanky. And then... Both Rohane and Mess had the unfortunate choice of, do I stay in and get status, or do I switch something in so that it can get status? Like, they knew that whatever the fuck they did, something was going to be asleep or paralyzed, and they hated that shit. And that was really, really valuable, so I wasn't sure that giving that up for just another speedy offensive threat was, was going to be the best play. Um, ultimately what I decided was going to be the best play actually was going to be to try to get our hands on a coughing because wheezing is super, super bulky and defensive and has really good coverage move options. So I felt like that was actually a more natural successor to Amaretto than, than anything like a Starmie. So the very first thing that we did this week is... You know, we're near the end of our challenge. We have most every area in the game open to us. And we wanted to see what encounters we were going to get because those were going to inform our team building decisions. So we took on Koga immediately. We went right into Koga's gym um, and just decimated the place, primarily with our Gengar Hypnotic. Um, for some of the psychic types in there, we used... Sorak, maybe I don't I literally don't fucking remember. Um, but yeah, we, we had no trouble. In fact, we led with Glenn Livet the entire way and just switch trained because it was just it was raffle stomps. It was easy mode. Um, from there, we now had the ability to surf outside of battle and we made good use of it. Um, we surfed down to Cinnabar Island uh, through routes. I believe it's sea route 19 south of Pallet. 21. 19, 21. 21 south of Pallet. Um didn't get dick for our encounter there. Went to the Pokemon Mansion. Got a stupid fucking Ponyta. So no coughing for us. No big boy wheezing. Um, and we explored Pokemon Mansion and picked up our Blizzard TM while we were there. Uh, not fully explored. We didn't get the, the key to Blaine's gym. So we'll still have to do that this week. But we explored to Blizzard. We then went to the power plant to get our encounter there. Uh, got a stupid fucking Magnemite and killed it. Like, we, we just, we, we had so many encounters this week, and they were all awful. We did not get a, a single exciting new encounter, unfortunately. Um, and then at that point, we went on to Sylphco. Um, and Sylphco was just boring as shit. I tried, guys. I tried really hard to be engaged and on it and keep it fun and, and interact in the chat, but it was just so boring and I was so tired. I was practically falling asleep at the stream. We managed to get through Sylphco, get our Earthquake TM, take down Giovanni, and at that point we called it a night. And overall, up until that point in the week, this was a really, really good fucking week. We picked up Earthquake, Thunder, and Blizzard. You know, our team was still strong, Glenn Livet was just getting beefier and stronger every single level. Like, it was great. We picked our stream back up last night. 
Last night was not great. <laughs> I, I worked 12 hours, came home, wolfed down some food with my wife, and then immediately sat down to stream the rest of our gameplay. I was exhausted. And, and guys, I made mistakes. I made so, so many mistakes. So we jumped right into Sabrina's gym. And, and my strategy for Sabrina was to let Glenn Livett do the work because he is a water psychic type. He would resist all of the psychic type moves that Sabrina's Pokemon would throw at him and just hit back with that good, strong stab surf. Like it was the obvious and best play. I was leading with Kalua our Kabuto for, for a good while there just to leech some EXP. We had discussed benching Fireball in favor of Kalua just because Kalua has that good, good normal resistance being a rock type, but nothing was definitive at that point. We were just getting some EXP. And, you know, in Sabrina's gym, roughly a third of the Pokemon are of the Slowpoke family, so we would just switch into Amaretto and Petal Storm them to death. Uh, roughly one-third of the Pokemon are of the Abracadabra Alakazam family, so we would switch into Glenlivet for those and surf them. And then roughly one-third of the Pokemon are of the Ghastly Haunter Gengar family. And my strategy for those Pokemon was to switch into Four Loco and Earthquake them. I was tired. I came up against, uh, I forget what fucking level, a, a pretty high-level uh, Haunter Switched into Four Loco. Four Loco was put to sleep. I didn't think about the fact that I had a polka flute that would wake him the fuck up immediately, just sitting in my bag waiting for me to use it. I just rolled my eyes and clicked that earthquake button, and that Haunter used Dream Eater and blew our sweet, sweet Four Loco away. One shot, gone. Ouch. I've watched the clip like five times. Also, one of our fans, I'm sorry to interrupt, one of our fans posted a comic of that on our Blastburn Radio Facebook page. Go check it out. Continue. This is this is the worst death of the series. It's probably going to remain the worst death of the series. We could lose our entire fucking team, and I still think this would be the worst death of the series. Four Loco was my favorite boy, and he is gone, taken from us in his prime because I was just too fucking tired. Um, so we went on a rampage. We we salted the fucking earth in that gym, um, and, and took our fucking badge and left feeling hollow. So. At that point, we had to decide how we were going to carry on without our our good, strong Four Loco. And I decided at that point to go ahead and bring out our, our Staryu. I immediately taught our Staryu Thunder and Blizzard, despite the fact that not even an hour before that, I had talked about how I tend to refrain from giving low-level Pokemon valuable TMs in case they suffer an adverse event while training. Well, guess what the fuck happened? <laughs> I was going down cycling road just to battle the trainers and get the EXP. I came up against a wheezing that Bacardi should have reasonably been able to handle, and he would have been able to, but he suffered a bullshit crit from Sludge, and it took him out for a little over half health. And then Bacardi was gone, and we were down two. And roughly one-third of the most valuable TMs in the game in one night. It's it's the 
the the Rohan. It is way. the Rohan. That's, yeah, way. that's basically HTM. Pokemon are not eligible to die until you have taught them, you know, at least one good TM Everything. and no, maybe no. tossed in some steroids. Wait, wait, wait. Give me at least a little bit of credit. I at least gave both of these Pokemon TMs that made sense for them. Fair enough. <laughs> I deserve that one. <laughs> Ice Beam will live in infamy. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but yeah. God. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, at that point, it was just a matter of figuring out how the fuck we were going to fill the void left in our hearts by by our dearly departed friends, particularly our sweet boy before Loco. Um, ultimately, at least for this week, we've settled on Kahlua, our, our Kabutops. Um, he's filling that empty slot, and so those are our only roster changes currently is, again, bringing Glenn Livid in in favor of our uh, newly retiree'd uh, Kraken, the Gyarados, and then bringing in Kalua, our Kabutops, uh, into the, the spot of death, as it were, left behind by our sweet boy, Four Loco. And that's the squad as it stands. Um, I did also stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning leveling up Jameson at the urging of uh, Dr. C in, in the Twitch chat. Um, just to compare his stats and move pool to fireballs and just kind of see who was going to fill that spot better. Uh, ultimately it's still fireball. I'm still not super, super thrilled with fireball, all things considered, but like at least fireball brings some special bulk to the team. Whereas Jameson is just fast and frail and that's really just not what we need right now. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. So, if you don't mind, before I jump into mine, I have a quick question for you. For Loco, he did see, at least in the showdown, um, quite a bit of airtime uh, in the first initial weeks when you got him. Did you find him more useful in showdown or in game proper? I mean, both. Like, he was just a fucking monster. Like, I... I, I don't want to go too far into how I prepared for this series and the depth of preparation that I did, but you know, I had an idea of at least some of the Pokemon that I wanted to use coming in. You know, it's it's like any other game plan and that it doesn't really survive the first player or the first encounter. But, you know, like for instance, I knew I wanted a slowpoke. I knew from the beginning that as soon as I got my hands on the super rod, I was going to go get a slowpoke and that, that was going to immediately be a fixture on my team. Machop was not even on my radar. It was not even a fucking consideration. Are you considering me a, a, a moderately slow fighting type in a Gen 1 game? Fuck off. But he was just fucking amazing. Like, he he hit really hard. He was reasonably tanky. He was threatening to everything. He just, he, he defied all of my expectations, and I cannot even express how large of a loss this was for our squad. No, I totally feel you. After being certainly the the one who has lost the most amount of Pokemon out of us here. Hindsight now, I shouldn't have talked so much shit back in the beginning, but eh. Yeah, you, you, if you go watch the clip, uh, which we really should post some of these up to our social media, I, the, the clip of Four Locos Death is up on mine at Mezzer Engine if you want to check it out. Or just go right to Jolly's Twitch page, uh, and, and watch it. You can tell the love that Jolly has for Four Loco because you can't fake that cry of anguish 
It's just so real. A little heart wrenching. <sighs> so I guess it's my turn. It, it is your turn, Rohane. How'd you do, buddy? Okay, so a uh, really quick massive shout out to just everyone who came to the stream. Um, you all are amazing. And yeah, so as soon as I get back to my notes, there we go. Um, so basically this week was somewhat of an adventure. Um, we were really worried that we were going because we were going into this week and we knew that, you know, our gym leaders for Pokemon yellow are pretty difficult in comparison. Um, particularly with Sabrina. Sabrina is just, oof, boy. And so we, that was basically sitting in the back of our head basically all week up until we started streaming. And even then when we were streaming. Um, so I did most of my gameplay on Tuesday. And um, Tuesday was where we did most of our bulk. It was where most of the exciting things happened. Uh, shout out to Cesium032 for subscribing. Um, I'm still working on a tentative subscriber name. I'm thinking Rohan's Rowdy Riders, but that kind of sounds like a gay porn title, so... <laughs> Moving on! You got some rowdy boys. It's it's supposed to be a, like a, a play on words because a lot of people think like mispronounce my online name is Rohan, so you know Lord of the Rings, but it just it sounds bad, so it's a work in progress. Anyway, uh, so we did things a little bit out of order. Well, at this point, there really isn't any orders anymore. Um, but you know, we did the trainers in Koga's gym first and then we went out onto route 12 after deciding that we were going to bring on sharpie and for those of you who do not remember sharpie is our was our jigglypuff she's now a wiggly tuft and some thought processes behind sharpie so firstly she knows a lot of moves and she is incredibly versatile despite being a normal type um, she, in stat-wise, she's not as strong as a Clefable, but even still, she can definitely hold her own. Um, she has Sing, which, you know, it only has a 55% accuracy. It's still really good for catching Pokemon, and really, aside from Pokemansion, Victory Road, Route 23, and Power Plant, we've really nailed most of our places where we're going to get Pokemon, and actually, most of... Our encounter table is like completely, completely gone. So um, we did Route 12 and we leveled up Fake Kitty some. And then we headed back over to Koga and we beat uh, him with Fake Kitty, uh, who is our Alakazam, pretty handedly. Like there was nothing that really just came out as a surprise. Um, Psychic versus Poison Grass. Super effective. Who would have thought it? Um, so we got Surf and we headed over back to Route 12. We got our Super Rod. We beat the Snorlax there and we started going through the rest of the routes. Uh, so we're going to just really quick rattle them off. 
Um, so Route 12, we caught a slowpoke, and uh, we caught using Jigglypuff and literally every single great ball that we had at the time. Um, we named him Dyrus. Uh, and then after that, we went on to Route 13, got a horsey and named him Orion. Uh, Route 14, we got a Venonat and named it Karibo. And then Route 15, we couldn't get anything from because we already have all of our po all the possible encounters that you can get on Route 15, either through our just in the box or in the evolution line. So after that, we went to Self Company and Self Co, and we did the first floor. And then we were like, you know what? Let's let's just skip all of this and do it a little bit more efficiently. So we went up to where the key card is and got the key card, and then went through all of the floors one by one, um, just in order, just because it was it was easier to do. We wanted to do as much as we could, uh, you know, in preferably one setting. And so we did that. Uh, we split leveled Sharpie along with everyone else. And this week we actually turned off set mode and instead uh, did use switch mode just for leveling. Um, I figured it was kind of a little bit more fair compromise since our, our gym battle was super important. And so um, we did make that decision. In the future though, set move is probably going to be remaining on um, we encountered our rival, and I actually um, completely spaced out and didn't realize when we went through the portal that our rival was right there, so I stepped right into it without preparing or setting anything up. Fortunately, we didn't lose anything there, beat him pretty handedly, and we did catch our Lapras, and I totally forgot what we named our Lapras, so I do apologize, but Lapras is sitting happy in the box. So, from there, now, in terms of Pokemon losses, I am still on my streak of losing at least one Pokemon each week, but at least this week I can cheerfully somewhat say that we did not have as terrible of a week as someone else. Just wait until uh, the showdown, so... motherfucker, then we'll see who had a terrible week. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. Um, so we went into Sabrina. The trainers there were very easy to deal with. I mean, they weren't, yeah, they were, they were pretty easy to deal with. Um, and we took out all of them and then we went into the fight. And so our, our strategy for this fight was we were going to use, uh, Tom Hanks, our Snorlax, because he's really strong. He knows Hyper Beam. All of Sabrina's Pokemon are weak to uh, physical type moves. I mean, they're not weak, but their their defense is not as great as their special. Uh, and so we we're hoping that you know we could one shot mostly everything, and we one shot the Abra and the Kadabra, and it was the Alakazam, unsurprisingly, that was going to give us the most grief. Um, there were things that we could have done differently uh, to to keep Sabrina from murdering Tom Hanks, but even still, the result that happened, uh, if that 
results, if the same result happened in any other scenario, Tom Hanks would have died anyway. So um, Tom Hanks did, in fact, hit the bucket. He launched a hyperbeam, and it was actually a second hyperbeam against the Alakazam, and the Alakazam used Psychic, and it was a critical hit, and it melted Tom Hanks from full HP to zero, and Tom Hanks died. And so um, he did die so that we could complete Sabrina as we immediately switched into Fake Kitty and praying to the RNG gods. Uh, we Fake Kitty outsped the other Alakazam and murdered it with a psychic. Um, so we beat Sabrina. Hooray! Um, in hindsight, was even though I am upset about Tom Hanks dying, I'm not like completely 100% tore up about it. It's not. It. I didn't have the same attachment as uh, Jolly did to Four Loco, and it. The loss of Tom Hanks wasn't felt as harshly. Um, just because I was training up Sharpie because I knew that there was no way that I was going to make it unscathed through this week. I kind of resigned myself to that fact immediately at the beginning, and I trained up Sharpie originally to replace um, uh, Flappy Burp. Flappy Burp was going to go onto the bench for this showdown this week, but Tom Hanks unfortunately ate it. Um after that, we did go through and we went next door to the fighting gym and cleared out the fighting gym. And uh, that was just really easy. That was a cakewalk as well. Um, our second day of streaming, all we did there was we just did uh, some leveling and some fishing. And as I pull up my other set of notes which I guess is just not going to happen, so whatever. Um, we went and we hit up Route 21, uh, Cinnabar Island, uh, Route 20, and Seafoam Islands, along with Route 19. And so for those routes, we didn't get anything on Route 19 or 20 because of dupes fails on Route 21. We got a tentacle. We named it Noodly Arms. And Cinnabar Island, uh, we got a Staryu named Comet. And we also swung by uh, Viridian City and did a little bit of fishing there. And we got a Polywag and we named it Rorschach. Um, so that is where we are. The rest of it was just spent leveling. I thought about going into the Poke Mansion to get Blizzard. I didn't know for certain if it was on our list of progression, even though we said that, you know, we can basically go wherever at this point. Uh, but I figured, eh, it's okay, because, you know, we've got to do stuff this week. So we'll be going into the Pokemon Mansion. So I am not bringing Blizzard to the table this week in Showdown. Um, but Neither is Charlie. <laughs> yep, neither is... <laughs> neither is Charlie. But we do have Sharpie. Um, move sets. Uh, really, the only thing that we did was we taught Sharpie uh, Hyperbeam. We spent an absurd amount of time farming up another 
set of coins to get to another hyper beam. Oh God, kill me if I ever have to do that again. Just, just kill me, please. And uh, yeah, that that is really. Oh, and I apologize. Uh, our Gyarados uh, does now know uh, Hydro Pump as well. <laughs> I'm still dying that you erased Bite on Spicy Cat, not because Bite is a particularly potent move, but because your Gyarados knows three fucking special water type moves now. <laughs> Yeah, but Hydro Pump is the strongest. Yes. I mean, Why there's there's no... I, I know. Because... Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer. I also, Meme Factory I also, I also taught uh, Sharpie Thunder Wave. So... So, Tuesday night, I was... I was absolutely exhausted. From like the three days of one in the morning, or two days previous of one in the morning, like recording or streaming, but Scalzi, our shelter, our cloister needed like five more levels. Like I had to do it. There was no choice. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to have time the rest of the week. I'm going to go like log on. I'm going to record this and upload it at the end of the night. So I was watching Rohane stream while I was doing stuff. I had him on mute. So his audio wouldn't feed into my recording. But I was keeping an eye because I really wanted to see the Sabrina fight. And I don't remember what time it was, but that entire recording, I was like nearly falling asleep. But as soon as he started fighting with Sabrina, my attention like slowly got drawn over uh, to the window that I had Twitch up uh, on. And I started waking up. And I'm, like, grinding and grinding and grinding. And he gets through the Abra and he gets through the Kadabra. And I'm, like, watching the Alakazam fight. And, like, the the play for play is he he ends up hyper-beaming, has to wait to recharge. It doesn't kill Alakazam. Alakazam uses Psychic, brings him down to, like, 30%. Rohane uses a potion. Alakazam uses Psychic. There's another potion. And then there is like an item on Sabrina's side. Or, oh, she uses Psywave, which does almost no damage to Snorlax. <clears throat> and Rohan goes for the second Hyper Beam. And I, I honest to God thought that you had it, Rohan. I, the part you don't, I have a clip of, of my recording where you don't hear this part because it, it was just too long. The clip could, couldn't could be any longer. But I say, ah, I think he did it. And I look back to killing the Grimer that I'm killing. And then I look back over as the critical psychic kills your Snorlax and I just lose it. I just start <laughs> laughing hysterically because I can't help it. I was just like, you were five less than five minutes away from being done the stream with no deaths for the second time in three weeks and and tom hanks just died and i i afterwards i felt really bad for laughing but i couldn't help it it was just so ridiculous and i was so tired but it's definitely my favorite part of the week because i just i looked over and was like oh shit (laughs) there it goes that's basically how i felt i i was like i might make it and then 
crits the game doesn't care if you're using the Nuzlocke rule set or a normal rule set or some other special rule set. If it if it wants to crit, it's going to crit and it's going to fuck your day while doing so. It just hurts more if you're doing a Nuzlocke. <laughs> you know, I've got to say, like, like Mess, I appreciate the fact that that you did your grinding, and I appreciate the fact that you did it without streaming to avoid poaching audience for me and Rohane, but you still recorded it for posterity for our audience. But, you know, I was off work Wednesday. And so I spent Wednesday at home spending time with my kids and then also doing some prep work and some research for our gen two series. And so I was sitting at my computer and I pulled up your recorded stream session just to kind of have it on in the background. And so I was playing Pokemon while watching mess play pokemon and watch me play pokemon and it was the most surreal thing that i have ever done (laughs) in my entire life (laughs) yo dog i heard you like watching pokemon (laughs) it was it was uh i i don't know it was it was like rain on your wedding day (laughs) uh I don't know. I'm actually sad that this didn't happen the day that you lost Pokemon, because then I would have two reaction <laughs> videos to are, put Are you going to start raiding on t- Thursday nights with your webcam on, just so you can catch yourself laughing hysterically and wiping your whole raid group? I, it, I might. <laughs> it, because I missed yours. That's the thing. Like we Thursday nights as is often the case when you raid two days, was progression night for us. So we were doing a completely new encounter on Heroic, and I had to pay attention. (laughs) Like, really pay attention. And so I had you on in the background, and I'm just, you know, doing whatever and healing, and then I hear, FOR LOCO! And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And I can't alt-tab to go check it out. So I have to wait until afterwards, and I'm like, what the hell did I miss? And someone in your stream, I don't remember who it was, like, Four Loco's dead, and I was like, no way. And after the raid, when you were leveling Bacardi, I got up to use the bathroom, and I was like, he's he's freaking switch training. I'm fine. I'm going to go, like, hit the restroom, get a drink, come back. And I came back to you, like, cursing life as you went to release him. And I was like, the fuck happened and they're like Bacardi's dead too you're in the lead I'm like what <laughs> I don't have to deal with that thunder blizzard star me that makes me super happy but I had to go back and like watch those because I didn't get to see them like initially I was actually thinking as it happened because you know we had talked earlier in the week about how nervous you were about about Bacardi, about that Starmie. So I was like imagining the emotional roller coaster you were going through in your head mess where you were just like, ha, Four Loco's dead. Then you're like, wait, fuck, he's going to use Bacardi again. And you're like, ha, Bacardi's dead. <laughs> yeah, that, it was, that was pretty much it. I actually was trying to stay up to watch your whole stream just in case there was another death. Because, uh, what, what is it? Your Hitmonlee came pretty close. And fireball. Yeah, I, I busted close. Cuervo the Hitmon Lee out because I was like, well, you know, stab fighting still might be useful. You know, Rohane's running a wiggly tough, but, but he's just so, he's such a frail little shit and he gets nothing for coverage. Every move he gets is fighting type with a few normal type moves. Like he's just, he's just not a good Pokemon. I couldn't do it. 
And this, folks, this right here is why Nuzlocks are so addicting to watch. And I, it, this is just great fun. It sucks. It sucks losing things, but this is this is quite quite fun. It's I fun felt for us. like the the after Jolly's deaths, he literally sat down like he was in a business meeting where he had to tell like the investors that he's lost a shit ton of money and was just like how am I gonna how am I gonna swing this? Let's look at all of our assets and put them into pie charts. <laughs> like the, that's what it felt like. Well we well well we have uh you know uh Cuervo over here and he's got like that high jump kick and that's really gonna pay dividends for us. It's gonna do it. <laughs> but there's also the risk of that recoil and that's about a ten percent. It's a ten percent. <laughs> um just watching you just work your way through the PC building this like mega chart of probability and success was wonderful uh, i don't know if if i got 10 percent back on dividends like holy shit i'd be real happy with that i was just i was trying to shine a turd ultimately like our our pc is not full of good good boys like i i am super not happy with the way our encounters this week turned out but that is what it is and and guys that was our gameplay for the week um, so if you missed it, I'm sorry that you missed it, but the good news is, is that it is all still available on demand on Twitch. So if you want to go back and you want to see those highlights of our terrible, terrible deaths, or if you just want to go back and watch the whole thing, it's all available for you there. So be sure to check that out on each of our individual Twitch channels, twitch.tv slash Messer Engine, twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature, and twitch.tv slash Rohane. Now, guys, we, we've talked about what happened and we've talked about the people that we've lost, but now it is time for us to say goodbye. And and guys, while I played first this week, Rohane was the first one to look death in the eyes. So Rohane, buddy, do you want to say a few words for your dearly departed friend? Uh, Tom Hanks. So I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I am as torn up with your death um even though you kind of died in basically a similar vein as Pikachu died to a to a pretty unlucky crit but it still hurts you you were a bright shining star you had a great potential in your future and on the team and I was really looking forward to go places with you but in the end, you looked Alakazam in the eyes, Sabrina's Alakazam and then you turned to fake kitty you looked my Alakazam in the eye and you said, Don't worry, bro. I got this. And you charged head on. And you gave it your best Fusro Da, but it, it wasn't quite enough. And But it's okay because you still weakened that, that bastard of an Alakazam just enough for Fate Kitty to swoop in and save the day and so you're you are a pokemon that other pokemon around the world will look up to and i'll miss you buddy mccarty you were so young and you were so full of potential and all of that potential got got stolen from us 
It just it just wasn't meant to be. Our, our team would have been too good with you on it. And at the end of the day, there has to be a challenge. So, so the Nuzlocke gods, they took you from us. But we will always remember. And if we're given a chance, maybe we'll see you again in the next go-round. Four Loco. You were the best. You were our best boy. You were strong, and you were brave, and you fought with everything that you had, with rocks, and with earth, and with fisticuffs. Four glorious fisticuffs. You were amazing. And you have changed my opinion of your entire evolutionary line. I never liked the Machop line before. And now I'm going to breed a brand new shiny Four Loco to live on in Pokemon Valhalla. I love you, buddy. We're going to carry on and we're going to do just fine. And your brothers are going to murder everything they come across in your name. We miss you. May, may I also say a few words? Yeah. Tom Hanks, Poor Loco, Bacardi, thank you for taking those sweet TMs with you. Fuck <laughs> you! I appreciate it more than you could ever know. In in before oh Bess accidentally wow. clicked self self destruct on his cloister this week. <laughs> oh, if I do that, I'm never going to hear the end of it. You will you will not hear that until Gen Five. All right, guys. So we have we have recapped our playthroughs. We have mourned our dead, and now it is time for the the big show. It is time for us to fight. Let's fight. It's time to see if all that grinding was worth it. <laughs> oh, God, you have no idea. That's going to be the question, isn't it? Now, last week, of course, I came in big in our PvP showdown. I decimated all opponents and earned a big, big 50 points, taking over the points lead in our challenge. So I wasn't, unfortunately, able to keep it for long. Due to the deaths that we suffered this week, uh, we're actually coming into tonight with Mess back in the lead with 340 points, myself Jolly right on his tail with 325, and Rohane still bringing up the rear uh, with 230 points. Now, gentlemen, as has become our custom, our big winner from last week is up first, so that means me. Who shall challenge me? Yeah, let's get it over with. This will either go really well or really poorly. All right, so I guess I'm up against Rohane first. Mess, are you ready, sir? And we're here once again for the Pokemon Showdown! In the corner with the fake kitty is BBR Rohane, sitting at the pretty 100% launch amount. Facing off, though, against Fireball, the unlikely competitor who was put back on the team because of untimely deaths. BBR Jolly is ready to fight. Are you two ready to duke it out? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. All right. Gentlemen, you may begin. 
Fake Kitty using Psychic brings down Fireball to 58% and reduces his special, but Fireball fires back, no pun intended, with a slash. If you weren't expecting that, it could have been Ember! <laughs> uh, it brings Fake Kitty down to 30%, and it was, of course, a critical hit. Jolly switches into Glen Livet. Fake Kitty hits it with a psychic, but it only brings it down to 79%. Oh man, Glen Livet looks so constipated for no apparent reason. Uh, Glen Livet goes ahead and uses Amnesia, bringing up its special two levels. Rohan switches in Nebby to face it down. Razor Leaf, critical hit, super effective, brings. Glenn Livet to 10%. BBR Jolly uses Amnesia again, bringing up his special to three times. That's exactly special. what I was <laughs> Well, shit. Jolly switches into Amaretto, who gets hit with a Razor Leaf, but is brought down only to 93% because that's not real effect. Big dopey bioplume. All right. Rohane switches in Sharpie, who immediately takes a Sleep Powder. That switch status that Jolly was talking about earlier really paying off. Grim. What will they do now? Will Rohane take Sharpie out, or will he try to fight through the sleep while Amaretto uses Mega Drain? But he's not going to use Mega Drain because Jolly pulls out Kalua, his Kabutops. The tops, the tops. I see a slash in your future there, Rohan. <laughs> Is he going to continue to nap? While the surgeon comes over and opens up Sharpie with those razor-sharp claws. Nebby comes in while Kalua does a swords dance. I never knew he or she was a uh, liker of the arts. Double Edge from Kalua brings Nebby down to 38%. But Nebby returns with a Razor Leaf and puts Kalua down in one hit. It was a critical hit as well. Holy shit, Nebby doing work today. Jolly brings Amaretto back out to face Nebby. But Rohan's not having any of that. He's bringing Sharpie back out for for the the failed status. A stun spore trying to be dropped by... Excuse me, by Jolly. Jolly switches Glenlivet back out. Sharpie's still napping. Rohan switches Nebby in. Uh, Glenlivet uses Rest, bringing its health up to 100%, but it is now sleeping. It does not have the benefit from Amnesia earlier and must now deal with Nebby. But Jolly switches him out, says let him sleep, and brings Amaretto back out. And he's at 85% when he takes a Razor Leaf on the switch in. Nebby's still at 38%. Rohan switches in Sharpie, who's taking a nap. And Hypnotic comes out for Jolly. That deadly, deadly, normal fighting immune, Gengar. Hypnotic uses a Psychic, bringing Sharpie down to 75%. Sharpie is still sleeping and suffers a reduced special from that Psychic. Okay, Fake Kitty coming in, gets hit with a Psychic and is brought down to 19%, but it doesn't drop her completely. Jolly switches into Glenlivet, who is still sleeping, who takes takes that psychic and goes down to 79%. Mr. Horny comes out to face Glenlivet. A dangerous choice, despite the fact that Glenlivet is asleep. Let's see what Rohan has planned. 
It's purple versus pink. But not anymore. Amaretto back out and takes Thunder, bringing it down to 76%. Amaretto's playing the role of spoiler here, folks, really well. He just comes out to get punched in the face for a small amount and then leaves again. I kind of picture that he's just dopely wandering around the gym battlefield. Sharpie back out for Rohane, still napping. Hypnotic out for Jolly. We're on turn 21 and nobody seems to want to stay on the battlefield. Fake Kitty critted as it comes out from Hypnotic. Fake Kitty is down. Rohane sends out Flappy Burb. Very effective, if I remember, on Gengar last week. Let's see if Flappy Burb can do a repeat performance. Hypnotic is certainly starting it off the same way with the confusion. Flappy Burb fights through the confusion, though, and does a wing attack just like last week, bringing Hypnotic down to 75%. Some real careful planning going on. Jolly's going to send out Ciroc and Spicy Cat coming out for Rohane. A switch on both sides. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't Dragon Rage. <laughs> Spicy Cat uses Dragon Rage. Brings Ciroc down to 74%. Ciroc uses Ice Beam, bringing Spicy Cat down to 86%. Another Dragon Rage brings Ciroc down to 47%, but Ciroc uses Thunder, bringing Spicy Cat down to 26% and paralyzing, removing its speed advantage. Rohan switches in Sharpie, who takes a Body Slam from Ciroc and is still sleeping. A Hyper Beam from Ciroc faints Sharpie, and remember, folks, because Sharpie went down, there's no recharge time required for that Hyper Beam. Rohane sends out Flappy Burb to deal with Ciroc. A wing attack brings Ciroc down to 33%, but Ciroc returns with an Ice Beam, which, which is super effective, but it only brings Flappy Burb down to 59%. Double Edge from Flappy Burb, unexpected, drops Ciroc. I was, I was not expecting that, folks. Fireball is sent out for Jolly. That Charizard, looking all regal, ready to do some slashing. Rohan switches Spicy Cat back in, who takes a slash, which is a crit from Fireball, and Spicy Cat drops. Mr. Horny sent out uh, for Rohan. He's at full health still at 100%. Fireball at 58%. A slash from Fireball crits, bringing Mr. Horny down to 64%. Mr. Horny returns with Water Gun, uh, which is super effective, but doesn't do a ton of damage to that fully evolved uh, Charizard, and it's down to 41%. Another slash critical hit from Fireball, bringing Mr. Horny down to 28%. Mr. Horny double kicks, bringing Fireball down to 31%. One last slash finishes off Mr. Horny. Fireball still at 31%. Flappy Burb is sent out to deal with Fireball. Let's see if it can finish what it started a couple turns ago. A slash from Fireball brings Flappy Burb down to 12%, but that double edge comes out again, drops Fireball, but now Flappy Burb has to deal with Hypnotic at only 5%, having dropped life from the recoil. And Hypnotic is fast as fuck. It psychics and drops Flappy Burb, leaving Rohane with Nebby to fight off Hypnotic, Glenlivet, and Amaretto. 
which is not going to happen because Hypnotic outspeeds Psychics and drops Nebby. Good game, buddy. Good game. 36 turns. That was a good game. Um, 36 turns, very, very long and difficult, especially considering that I forgot to put Earthquake onto oh, really my well Nidoo King so that's, in our first showdown. Uh, that's 25 right. points to the positive for myself, and as has become our custom once again, the loser does give up the stick. So, Mess, it's you and me up next, buddy. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Okay, Rohan, are you ready, sir? Alright, I am ready. So, gentlemen, over in the blue corner, we have Messer Engine. The man, the myth, the legend... He is coming into this fight with level 43 Kowal, the Nitto Queen. Meanwhile, over in the red corner, we have BBR Jolly with his level 43 Fireball Charizard. Gentlemen, fight! Yes, I saw that coming, but it did matter. Right out the gate, indeed, Kowal tried to use Body Slam, but he missed. Meanwhile, Jolly sends out Amaretto, his bioplume. Well, good job predicting my prediction, I guess. Uh... Who's getting it? You tell me. So we all know what's going to happen here, folks. Amaretto's probably going to lead with a sleep powder. But the question is, is Mess going to switch? We could be wrong here. And uh, indeed, the sleep powder is led on the Amaretto, and it goes on to Collins, the Venomoth, which was swapped out. Well, swapped in, I apologize. Collins comes out for Messer Engine, and out comes Pierce, his Dodrio. On, over on the other side of the field, Amaretto gets pulled out and gets brought in Glenn Libet. Pierce uses Drill Pack, Glenn Libet loses 29% of his health, and Glenn Libet returns the favor, however, with a Thunder Wave. Pierce is now paralyzed. Glenn Libet uses Amnesia, bringing up his special two levels. Pierce uses Drill Pack again, and Glenn Lovett loses 27% of his health, bringing him down to 44%. Glenn Lovett uses Rest, and is now 100% healthy. Pierce, unfortunately, is paralyzed, cannot do anything. Pierce is now swapped out for Valente, the Jolteon. Glenn Lovett is still asleep, is pulled out though for Amaretto, and predicted correctly, Valente uses Thunder. Uh, not very effective, only doing 21% of its health. However, Amaretto is now paralyzed for that Jolly. That paralysis might be close. We'll see, I guess. And Valente uses Takedown, does a big chunk of damage, 35% of its health. Valente is damaged by the recoil, about 9%. Amaretto uses Stun Store, fighting through its paralysis, and Valente is now also paralyzed. Doesn't matter, uh, 
Valente uses Takedown, Valente's attack misses, and Rota uses Petal Dance, and Valente loses 29% of its health. Valente gets pulled back, and it pierces now out, and Rota uses Petal Dance, and it takes out a very small chunk of Pierce's health, 18%. Pierce is sitting at 82, and Rota is at 44, and we scratch that, and Rota is at... 3% after Pierce uses Tri Attack and chunks out 41% of Amaretto's health. Amaretto is now paralyzed. Another Tri Attack and Amaretto is down. Metal Dance was unquestionably the wrong decision there. I should not have wasted Amaretto that early. I can't take it back though. So. so now Kalua comes out for BBR Jolly. He's still he is facing Pierce, who's still sitting at 82%. Pierce, however, gets pulled back, and out comes Kowal, the Nitto Queen. Kalua uses Swords Dance, bringing up its attack to two times. Kalua uses Double Edge, loses 45%. Kowal takes it, uh, and Kowal sits at 45%. Kowal now uses Thunderbolt and is super effective against Kalua. Kalua is down to 26%. That Kabutops is super, super unhealthy looking, but nevertheless he uses Double Edge and Kowal faints taken out. Recoil does bring Kalua down to 12%. That brings out Austin, his Blastoise. Kalua uses Double Edge and faints himself. However, Austin is now sitting at uh, 46%. Sorak is now brought out. Jolly's Clefable. Ice Beam is used on Sorak. It does 18%. A powerful Thunderbolt comes through and lands onto Austin doing 40%, but Austin's not out yet. Austin is at 6%, and quite clearly, Austin has the speed advantage over Sorak. Another Ice Beam is fired, 17% going down, and Sorak uses Body Slam saying, No sir, you cannot freeze me. Austin is fainted. Very back and forth here, folks. Collins is brought back out to the Venomoth, and reminder, Collins is asleep, but he is fully healthy. Sorak is sitting at 65%. Body Slam is used by Sorok onto Collins, taking out 39% of his health, and Collins wakes up only to get hyper-beamed in the face. Collins is down. Sorok's still sitting at 65% health. Valente is brought back out, paralyzed, 62% health. Sorok is able to act freely uh, due to knocking out uh, Collins. Uh, Hyper Beam is used again. Valente is down. Skalzi uh, levels is 43. Cloister is now brought to face Sorok. And Skalzi uses Blizzard. It does 32% against Sorok. Sorok uses Thunderbolt, does 43% health. Um, and another lizard comes out, and it does 33% just enough to finish Sorak. Hypnotic is now out. That terrifying Gengar. Hypnotic 
Greg uses hypnosis and misses. Walsy uses clamp. And hypnotic loses 10%. Hypnotic is trapped by clamp. And another 10% goes down. Another 10% by Scalzi. Hypnotic is down to 70%. 60% now. We're going into turn 29. God damn it. Hypnotic breaks free. Tries to use hypnosis. The attack misses. Scalzi uses blizzard. And that also misses. Hypnosis again does go through. And Scalzi is asleep. Hypnotic uses Mega Drain, super effective. Uh, Skullzy is down now at 29%, but he does wake up in time for a turn. 32, Mega Drain comes through again, and Skullzy is down for the count. Last one, Pierce the Dodrio sitting at 82%. Can he take it down? Psychic gets hit onto Pierce, oh! and oh my god! Oh my god, Pierce uses Drill Pack! Hypnotic is down to 8, like, just down! It's fainted. It's fireball and the the, the good grief. I can't even think. <laughs> fireball. I can't even think. Fireball uses slash. Pierce is down to four percent. Ryan, calm down. This is an audio medium. They have to understand what the fire's saying. Ah, <laughs> uh, deaded. Good game. Good game. I'm genuinely surprised at how much of a non-factor Glenn Libet was in both of my matches, but he was tanky. At least he could take some hits. Okay, so that is my showdown for this week, and I certainly can't complain at the result. However, not all of our matches have been fought. Of course, Mess and Rohane now get to strap, scrap it out for the remaining 25 points in the week. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. Uh, yeah, gonna, gonna try to keep uh, keep Rohan down at the bottom. <laughs> oh, I I, am, I appear to be sabotaging myself just as much as anything. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it is time for the the match that we've all been waiting for. At least the match that I've been waiting for. I'm legitimately curious to see how this one's going to turn out, folks. So, in the blue corner, we do have our good good friend with his good good boys, our well oiled machine Messer Engine, leading with Collins, his level forty three Venomoth, my favorite member of his team. Um, up against Mess is in the yellow corner uh, <laughs> the. Firmly in last place, our underdog that we all like to cheer for, it's Rohane, guys, and he is leading with his level 43 Nitto King, Mr. Horning. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. Okay, let us fight. Let's do it. Okay, Mr. Horny does have the speed advantage and does lead with a Thunderbolt, dealing 19% damage to Collins. Collins, however, leading immediately with the Sleep Powder, and Mr. Horny is snoozing. And Mr. Horny switching out, going into Fake Kitty the Alakazam. Uh, Mess, however, correctly predicted that move and went into Stun Spore, so Fake Kitty is now also paralyzed. Two for two on the status. And Collins coming back out in favor of Austin, Messer Engine's Blastoise. Fake Kitty, however, still very, very threatening, uses Psychic and does 42% damage to Austin. Okay, and Fake Kitty coming back out in favor of Nebby the Venusaur. However, Mess is either getting really lucky with the predictions or is just really fucking good at this because he goes for the Ice Beam, which is super effective against Nebby, dealing 35%. 
and Austin coming back out from us in favor of Kowal, his good girl Nidal Queen. Uh, Nebby using Meadow Mega Drain, dealing 13% damage to Kowal and leeching himself back up to 72% health. And Nebby coming out in favor of Spicy Cat, Rohane's good, good Gyarados. Uh, Kowal leading with Body Slam deals 36% damage on the switch. Oh, and Spicy Cat going right into his new toy, his Hydro Pump, dealing big, big damage to Kowal, 81%, leaving him with a, leaving her, excuse me, with a sliver of health. Kowal, however, hitting back with a critical Thunderbolt and taking the Spicy Cat down. And Flappy Burb, Rohane's Pidgeot coming in to replace Spicy Cat. I'm expecting some quick attack action here. Let's see if Mess stays in to eat it. Mess does not stay in to eat that quick attack. He actually switches in to Collins, his Venomoth. However, Rohane does not go for the quick attack. He goes for the wing attack, which is super effective on Collins, dealing 37%, leaving him in the yellow. Oh, and then Flappy Burb goes for that vicious double edge, getting a crit and taking Collins down and taking 9% damage as recoil. And Mess bringing in Austin. Flappy Burb coming out on Rohane's side in favor of Sharpie, his Wigglytuff. Sharpie eats an Ice Beam from Austin for 19% and no freeze. And Austin actually outspeeds Sharpie and goes for the Body Slam, dealing 24%. Sharpie returns the favor, dealing 26%. And Austin is firmly in the yellow at 31% health. Austin again outspeeds, going right back into the Body Slam, dealing 22%. Sharpie goes for that big Hyper Beam and takes Austin down. And Kowal, the Nidoqueen, Queen, coming back in for Messer Engine, still living on a sliver of health at 6%. And Rohane withdrew Sharpie, his Wigglytuff, and sent in Flappy Burb, which was an excellent prediction, turns out, because Koal led into Earthquake, which does not affect the flying-type Flappy Burb. And Flappy Burb going for the quick attack and bringing Koal down. That was very well played, Rohane. Good job. And Scalzi, the brand-new Cloyster, coming in for Messer Engine. And this is not good for Rohane, folks. Nothing on his team wants to eat a Stab Blizzard to the face. Um, trying to decide what to do here. Oh lordy. Okay, and Rohan switches into Nebby, his Venusaur. But again, Nebby did not appreciate that Blizzard. Deals 70% and freezes Nebby. Nebby is now essentially useless for the remainder of this battle. And Nebby is, of course, frozen solid, eating another one of those blizzards. At least Nebby was able to eat another PP off of blizzard. There's that. So Nebby is, of course, down, and Rohane is deciding which of his children, his precious, precious babies, is going to face this monster of a clam. And Fake Kitty coming out, still at 100% health, but paralyzed. Scalzi goes right back into the blizzard, dealing 33% health. However, Fake Kitty uses Psychic and crits, taking 87% of Scalzi's health. Scalzi tries to go for the Hyper Beam. Unfortunately, it misses. Fake Kitty fights through the paralysis, goes back to the Psychic, and Scalzi has fainted. 
that was both well played and extremely lucky. <laughs> and Pierce the Dodrio Do coming out for Messer Engine. And Pierce goes right into Tri Attack, wasting no time, and takes the fake kitty down. And Rohan sending out Mr. Horny, who is still at 100% health, but is also still very much snoozing. Pierce goes back to Tri Attack, dealing 35% damage to Mr. Horny. And Pierce once again going into the Tri-Attack, dealing 35%. Mr. Horny still asleep. And Mr. Horny is down. And Rohane bringing out Sharpie, his Wigglytuff. Pierce going back to the Tri-Attack, and once again, that's enough. Sharpie is down. Rohane is down to his last Pokemon, Flappy Burb, the Pidgeot who has for so long been the anchor dragging down Rohane's team, but has put in such good work this evening. And Pierce going right back to try attack, dealing 45% damage. Uh, Flappy Burb going to double edge, dealing 50% to Pierce, and taking a little bit of, as recoil. They're both in the yellow, but Flappy Burb is a little bit lower. Flappy Burb goes for quick attack, hoping for the crit, doesn't get it, however, and Pierce goes back to try attack, and Flappy Burb is down. Messer Engine has won. Good game, game, sir. I wonder if this. I, I wonder if this sir. would have gone a bit differently uh, had I set a couple of things up correctly. I mean, there's there's always woulda, coulda, shouldas. I mean, I don't even want to think what would have happened if uh, Scalzi had hit that hyper beam. Like Scalzi might have just swept. Um, but yeah, no, those were really, really good battles. Very entertaining and, and very well fought. It's really interesting to see what we learn about each other week to week and then how we adjust in anticipation of each other. Like that was, especially in our battle mess, like I felt like we were anticipating each other three and four moves out. And that was just really fucking fun, if nothing else. Yeah, it, it was a good time. The The status that Amaretto managed to spread on some key players was really clutch for you. Like, my fa the fastest members of my team were effectively slow, and that made an enormous difference in the outcome. Well, I mean, honestly, that's all Sorak needs is to spread paralysis. Like, if, if Sorak can realistically outspeed three-quarters of anyone's team, they're, they're going to have a bad time. Um, but yeah, that actually went really, really well for me, at least. I suppose I'm right to be happy because, once again, I have swept our PvP showdown and earned another 50 big points, helping to make up for the poor showing that we had during the week this week. Um, so that is going to bring myself, Jolly by Nature, back up up into the lead with a points total of 375 however mess is still right back on my heels with 365 after his single win so neck and neck folks right there and then rohane is unfortunately still bringing up the rear with his 230 points i gotta hope for more pokey deaths I mean, don't don't worry, Rohan. Three months isn't that long to have to wear a doofy beaver hat on webcam. I'm sure you'll look stylish. Legitimately, though, all joking aside, I think we all had a feeling coming into this series that Rohan was probably going to have the hardest time of it. He has by far the least amount of experience with these games, but I feel like you are legitimately learning and improving every week, and I'm not just saying that to make you feel better. Like You put forward a really good showing this week, Rohan, and I think that you're going to have a much, much better time of it in the next game series. You've also had a couple 2-0 weeks. Have I? Yeah. Going... 
Yeah, you've you've uh, you've gone two and zero twice, I think. I have gone two and zero once. Every other week, I have either beaten UMass or not gotten anything. That jolly, so beefy, beefcake. <laughs> okay, guys. So that is that is week six. Week six is in the books now. The points are on the board. We have done everything there was to do, and now it's time for us to look forward to week seven, which is is kind of scary to say because there's not that many weeks left. Like we're we're nearing the end of the Gen One series, so it's kind of scary, but it's also really exciting. Um, now, as we are reaching the last act of the Generation One Pokemon games of, of Red, Blue, and and Yellow, they become a whole lot less linear. Like the world is open to us essentially at this point so we have a lot more agency over how we play and where we go to level and how we level um now with that being said we do have a list of set goals that we're all going to have to achieve this week this week each of our competitors will be making their way across the sea routes to cinnabar island um for the first time in the case of rohane or just even flying back for me and mess since we visited last week um, we will be exploring the enigmatic pokemon mansion and we will be trying to find a way inside the locked and closed Cinnabar Island gym. Once we figure out how to get into the gym, we'll be taking on Blaine and his blazing hot Pokemon. Now, Rohane, once again, you are at a pretty significant level disadvantage against Blaine. However, Blaine is a fire type trainer. <laughs> so I don't think you're going to have nearly the trouble out of him that you had out of Sabrina. You've got you know, spicy cat, your Gyarados, you have Mr. Horny with earthquake. Now, like you, you should do fine against a bunch oh, of yeah. types. That quake. Stab earthquakes. No joke. Blaine is good. Go ahead. All right. Now at, at this, I was just going I'm to so, comment. Sorry, Blaine Ryan, is ahead. going to be nothing but ashes. Yeah, honestly, I mean, we've still got legitimate in-game challenges ahead of us in the form of the Elite Four, but Sabrina really was the high point as far as gym leaders are concerned. Neither Blaine nor the mystery gym leader in Viridian City next week are going to pre- prevent are going to pose nearly as much challenge as Sabrina did for any of us. Um, now, at, at this point, our hosts do have all the HM moves, and thus we have access to just about everywhere in the game, including the areas containing two of the three legendary birds. Um, so it's also possible that some of our hosts will choose to take them on and risk a, a death on their t- team in the pursuit of sweet, sweet points. Um, I'll tell you guys personally, I don't think I'm going for any birds this week. I may or may not pursue them before the end of the series, just depending on time constraints. Um, but but probably not this week. Um, but we'll see if Messer Rohane chooses to go immediately after them and, and try to get that short-term uh, point gain, or if they're going to play the longer game and say, you know what, maybe maybe next week when our level limit's a little higher. Uh, and speaking of our level limit, our level limit for this particular stretch of the game for week seven is going to be level 47. 47! Now, guys, I have to ask, because we are nearing the tail end of the game, and we are at a point where most if not all of the meaningful encounters are off of our encounter tables like our our pools of pokemon are are basically pretty much set how they're going to be with that being said out of the very scant pool of encounterable pokemon left to us are there any particular wild pokemon that either of you really have your eye on that you're hoping to maybe encounter before the end um i honestly with the amount of grinding that would need to be done no uh but 
should tragedy strike and I need a replacement, a Geodude Graveler Golem would would not be a bad addition to the team. Obviously, I gave Earthquake to somebody else, um, but I still have Rock Slide and Explode can be picked up uh, through Victory Road. So some of the key moves for Golem are still available. Um, and he might be able to learn Strength, too. I can't remember. So, I mean, he, he definitely wouldn't be a, a wasted space if I needed another Pokemon. So I have four total areas where I can go the power plant, uh, Pokemon mansion. And I actually have gotten my encounter from Cinnabar. Uh, so just a little quick correction there. Route 23 and victory road. Uh, of course the, uh, Cerulean cave is locked until after, and I, we're not going to be doing that. I do not believe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so, chances are uh, an Onyx or Graveler that I can get from Victory Road, uh, while appreciated, they probably wouldn't do me much help this, this late into the game. Um, I can get a Nidorina from Route 23, um, that might be a little useful, I would like to hopefully pick up a Growlithe, or it might be entertaining to play around with a Ditto from the Pokemon Mansion, um, but I would really like to see uh, a Grimer, if I could get a Grimer from the po- Power Plant. Muck is pretty legit. Now, just bear in mind if you do decide to run a Muck, Rohane, <laughs> not run a Muck. I see what I did there. <laughs> um, but bear in mind, if you decide to run a, run with a muck, that the most common advice that people give for using muck is to use minimize for evasion hacks. Uh, but minimize is not a usable move in Gen yeah. 1 OU. So if you choose to run a muck, be sure to bear that in mind and bear the, the PvP portion of this challenge in mind when you're choosing its moveset. Yeah, so... I mean, I, there's there's stuff out there that I would like if I'm going to get it or not. Uh, who knows? I I hear that. I mean, at this point, for me personally, the only the only meaningful encounter left to me is Victory Road. Uh, I wouldn't say no to a Graveler. Like Golem is a really good Pokemon, and honestly, I was I had my fingers crossed for one until Kalua put in work tonight, and that that has led me think that that maybe our Kabutops can stay sitting pretty right where he is. Although I'm still legitimately concerned about Valente. We we handled him pretty solidly this week, so yeah, um, awesome. Now. I do want to take a moment to uh, talk about our community interaction uh, because this week has been huge for it. Uh, I do want to give a huge shout out to everybody who has stopped by any of our streams and chatted with our hosts, uh, interacted with us on social media, or even, of course, just listen to the show. Uh, Blastburn Radio is absolutely nothing without you guys in the Blastburn Nation. Um, now, we actually do have an email to read this week, or, or specifically not technically an email. It was a message to the Blastburn Radio account on Facebook uh, from friend of the show, Tom Archard. Uh, now, Mess, do you want to go ahead and read Tom's message for us? Yeah, so if you guys remember, Tom was the gentleman who 
dropped in on my stream on Sunday, actually after sending us this message and posting, or he posted on Twitter and this message came after. Sorry, timeline is a little fuzzy. So he says, hey, Jolly Mez and Rohane, I've been listening since your first episode and I've been thoroughly enjoying your weekly Nuzlocke updates. I'm 24 years old and I've been playing Pokemon since I was six but I've never actually attempted a Nuzlocke before. The idea of releasing a Pokemon or thinking of them as dead has been too off-putting ever since I heard of Nuzlocke runs, and I opted for a more traditional approach to playing. Since I started listening to your podcast, I have started my own Nuzlocke. I'm playing Pokemon Blue version. Uh, my starter was a Bulbasaur, and I chose RPG classes for my naming convention. My Bulbasaur, Saboteur, has since carried me to Cerulean City, and I'm working on catching up to you guys. But the Raticate of Doom and Mount Moon took out three of my Pokemon. I feel you, buddy. I <laughs> I feel you. That, that rat that rat is deadly. Um, I sadly had to say goodbye to my Paladin. Uh, uh, I think I jumped to my Rattata, Pidgey, and Butterfree. Sorry about that, folks. Which was truly upsetting. Uh, my team now consists of Saboteur, my Ivysaur, Paladin, my Nidoqueen, Queen. Berserker, my Magikarp. That's a great Magikarp name, by the way. Uh, and Sentinel, my Sandshrew. I'll keep you updated every week on my team in progress. Uh, anyway, this has gone on long enough. Thank you guys so much for the great work you put into the podcast and streams. Looking forward to starting Gen 2 at the same time as you guys. Catch you later, Tom. Uh, Tom, I... I cannot express enough how much we appreciate the fact that you're a fan, that you're playing along with us, and that you reached out to us. That is something that we encourage all of you to do. Play along with us. Tell us what happened on your week of the Nuzlocke that we are running so that we can talk about it when we do the podcast. We we want your emails. Jolly will tell you that later. I promise. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to write us, Tom. Uh, and you've, he's also been keeping us uh, up to date on his progression uh, through his Pokemon Blue Nuzlocke on Twitter. So if you want to see where exactly Tom is in his run, follow the Blastburn Radio Twitter account. Uh, he's been tagging us into a lot of tweets. The last one that I saw, he had muscled his way past Lieutenant Surge, although he had unfortunately suffered some more deaths along the way um with that being said i i can't even express how excited and happy it makes me for you tom that you're doing your very first nuzlocke and that you're doing it with us and because of us here on the show like i i am so excited that we've encouraged you to attempt and pursue a a new and exciting way of playing these games that we've all loved since we're kids. Uh, So power on Tom. Like we believe in you. We know that you can do it and we're all in your corner. Tom, I'm also cheering for you as someone else. This is, you know, it's my first Nuzlocke too. And much like you, I would have never considered doing a Nuzlocke until this particular project. So, you know, I'm right there with you, buddy. And just remember, Rohane's in your corner, but he won't remember what color cartridge you have. No, I will not. (laughs) Make sure you remind me every week what color you're playing. Awesome. Now, this week also brought our first official piece of Blastburn Radio fan art, uh, as as Rohane briefly mentioned earlier, courtesy of uh, Shayna Stevens, who is Polly Sway in in the Twitch chat, if you ever stop by my Twitch stream. Uh, She drew up an awesome and and heart-wrenching tribute to the tragic death of our sweet, sweet Four Loco, and you can absolutely check that out on our Facebook, and I'm going to be uploading it to Twitter later, so it'll be on both social media accounts, so definitely check that out. 
Do it's totally heartbreaking and awesome. It's going to be my wallpaper on my computer for like the rest of the series. Is it right up there with the first screenshot that you can uh, get of me wearing the damn Badoof hat? Well, that's going to be my wallpaper for the entire second <laughs> series. I seriously though, Polysway Shane, I, I I really can't thank you enough. Like, I I never wanted to be cocky and like solicit fan art because that's just kind of pretentious, but. I was really, really hoping that our teams or that some particular Pokemon on our teams or something would would inspire that kind of, of connection and, and love that would inspire someone to make Nuzlocke fan art for us. And the fact that we, we got our first piece, that it was for my sweet, sweet for Loco, and that you specifically were the one who made it, just, it, it means more than I can possibly say. Thank you. That being said... You know, if you want to send in fan art or letters or anything, by all means, do so. We would be glad to feature it. Absolutely. If you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation and you want to contribute to the show, to the conversation, we would love for you to be like Tom and write us and tell us about what you're doing or be like Shayna and send in your art submissions. Uh, We'd also love for you to hang out with us on Twitch while we stream, shoot the shit, help make that more entertaining and engaging and make it go faster. And we really, really need and we really appreciate your iTunes ratings and reviews. Uh, Seriously, guys, thank you so much. Your little bit of input and your little bit of effort really goes a long way into making the show possible and making it better every week. Yes, okay, yes. guys, so that is our show for this week. Now, again, we do need to look forward to week seven, and week seven is going to be yet another week of Blastburn Radio streams. So we need to set our schedule for that. Now, Mess, we we probably should have more thoroughly discussed this before we turned on the recording, so I apologize for not doing that. Uh, I know that your normal stream is on Monday evening, but I also know that you had a really, really good time doing that Sunday stream, and you were doing some musing. Are you still going to be on Monday, at least for this week? For this week, yeah. There's no way around it. Um, I would love to be on Sunday again this week, but honestly, the convention ends Sunday afternoon, and then I have that two-hour trip back home and having not been home all weekend i'm gonna have to clean and like do the dishes and laundry and all the adulting that i need to do in a very short amount of time so as much as i would love to stream on sunday especially for your folks like tom who are over in england and probably can't tune in at our regular times during the week uh not this week but moving forward beyond this week there's a good chance that i'll be on sunday uh so that you know when you're done watching football if you're here in the u.s you can tune in uh or if you are overseas you can catch one of us at least when we're on a little bit earlier Okay, so there's going to be some scheduling shakeups in the future, but for the meantime, Messer Engine will be streaming on his normal Monday evening time slot, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, correct? 8 p.m. Okay, and where can they find you streaming, buddy? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Messer Engine. Come tune in. We're going to take down Blaine. I already have his secret key that he hid in that stupid, stupid mansion. Ooh. Awesome. 
And then, uh, Rohan, buddy, are you on your normal schedule this week? Or are you streaming Tuesday? This week I am streaming Tuesday uh, at 7.30 on, of course, twitch.tv slash Rohane. The week after, things are going to change, and we will let you guys know about that uh, next week. Yeah, there's probably going to be some changes to the normal schedule coming very, very soon. And we'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, and, of course, I am Jolly by Nature, and I will be doing my streaming. Now, my original normal stream day was Thursday. However, as we discovered this week with my new job, Thursdays are work hell. And that means that uh, Steven is sleepy and, and makes bad, bad decisions at Pokemon when he comes home to stream after Thursday. So we're not going to be able to do Thursdays anymore, at least not for our primary progression day. Um, in the long term, that's going to mean a new normal day, but until things get shaken out and more solid with these other guys, I'm going to be playing a little bit more by ear. That being said, this week, you can expect to find me streaming on Wednesday. I am going to go live Wednesday evening, which will be October the 11th. Um, and I will go live at 9 PM Eastern at twitch.tv slash jolly by nature. Now, guys, as always, I do want to stress, even though we've already touched on it, that we do want to hear from you. We want your emails. We want your Facebook messages. We want your tweets. Uh, whether you're playing along with us at home like Tom, whether you're doing your own super awesome uh, wedlock uh, with no items and no Pokemon Center healing and you have to teach every single Pokemon Splash or just whatever the fuck you're doing. like We want to know about it. If you have thoughts and feelings on the show and what we're doing, we want to hear about it. Although, for the record, like I don't want to put nobody on blast, but I had a guy joined my stream in the last 20 minutes or so last night who just was constantly criticizing all of my team building decisions in the most condescending way possible please don't be that asshole we want your thoughts and your feelings don't be a fucking dick please for the love of god but yeah like we want your your legitimate honest feedback and criticism we want to know your thoughts and feelings and you can email us at blastburnradio at gmail.com uh, you can tweet the show at blastburnradio you can contact us on facebook or, or really however the fuck you want to if you want to send us a letter by carrier pigeon if it finds us we'll fucking read it um <laughs> i am not throwing my address out there to get a fucking carrier pigeon my cats will eat the pigeon at least one they will, will find you oh god <laughs> now as always i do want to thank our hosts for joining us this evening uh now rohan brother where can our listeners find you online so as always you can find me online twitch.tv slash rohan that's a real quick way to get my attention um, another way of getting my attention is just by sending me a thing on Twitter. I'm trying to get better at Twitter. You can help me get better at Twitter by tweeting things at me, uh, which is going to be at the real Rohane. Finally, if you want to check out my other stuff, the YouTube channel that I have, which is going to get dust off. I keep saying that, but whatever. Uh, YouTube.com slash POSM gaming. And you can send me emails by one of the other areas that we mentioned. Awesome. Uh, now, Mess Buddy, if any of our listeners want to follow you or your other projects, if they want to see what new convention you're stressing yourself out preparing for, uh, for Mythic Portal, how can our listeners find you online? 
you can always follow me personally on Twitter at Mezzer Engine. Uh, if you want to check out Mythic Portal Games, uh, which I highly encourage, uh, you can do so on Facebook at Mythic Portal Games or on Twitter at Mythic Portal Games. So nice and easy to remember. Simple things are great. Awesome. Thanks, Mess. Uh, now, once again, I have been your host for the evening. I am Jolly by Nature, and you can find me streaming uh, both our Pokemon World Tour series as well as other Pokemon content at twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature. The other Pokemon content hasn't been happening, happening as frequently lately, and I do apologize for that. I've been pouring really all of my time into both this new job and preparing for the next series of Blastburn Radio, um, which just requires a whole lot of just tedious work. Um, But I love streaming for you guys and I definitely want to do more of it. And that's going to be coming soon. So definitely follow my channel on Twitch. If you want to know when I'm doing that, Um, if you want to reach out and contact me, or if you just want to see what I'm up to or when I'm streaming, you can follow me personally on Twitter at BBR Jolly, or just follow the show on Twitter and Facebook and we'll keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are doing there. Uh, Now, once again, I do want to thank everyone for joining us and listening today. I, as always want to give a very special thank you to my co-host Messer Engine and Rohane for Blastburn Radio. I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. See you next week, folks. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Rohane, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy. Check out this and other video game remixes at ocremix.org. Closing music in today's episode is Pokemon Gold and Silver Ending Theme Arrangement by Zephyr Badge. Check out this and other tracks at soundcloud.com slash Zephyr Badge. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.